0: friends. We are broadcasting live on Facebook right now. I'm broadcasting live on Facebook for the Questioning Everything podcast. I am the host, G-O-Z-E, go Z. just going to get my little run of show notes so I can stay on task because so I was supposed to have this episode recorded and ready by an 8.30. Will that be the case? Probably not because we live in pandemic times, which is essentially um, Murphy's Law in a year. And live in action so we're gonna have about mm, about 15 minutes 15 20 minutes of me jabber- jabbering in this episode so first of all welcome to the question and ever the questioning everything podcast I am the host go you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at go to the z e e that's right spelled the way it sounds z e e go to the Z the show is Questioning Everything podcast. We are also on Instagram and Twitter at Q underscore E underscore podcast. Finest. So who am I? You're like, why is this person hosting a podcast? There's so many podcasts, and why should I listen? Well, I'm an everyday person. I'm not a, a very political human being. I got more into politics this election, but essentially, I had the same feel. I had this feeling during the po- during the pandemic. I was like, we really put a lot of stake and a lot of claim in what celebrities and influencers tell us. And frankly, a lot of those people don't know anything. (laughs) Sorry. But essentially, it made me want to have a show where people like us could have conversations and have it not be overshadowed by media pundits and celebrities and influencers. Because we don't need to hear them. They talk a lot. They're everyday people. They just happen to have had the gift of acting skills or singing skills or rapping skills, whatever the skill is that they have, and and they're succeeding. And I'm not stopping their shine, but I also don't need to be told about what's going on in middle America by people who are so detached with their wealth. You know, they, are chartered planes. I don't, I've never been on a chartered plane. Maybe I have, but I don't know. I don't remember it enough. So essentially the, this podcast, the description of the podcast is that it's a podcast where there are no stupid questions and everything's up for discussion. And it's basically for us by us. We are FUBU, just kidding. Um, please don't sue me. So in the summer of 2020, I came up with, I had the idea of the podcast. And um, again, I was seeing all these influencers. We were just focusing so much on people that, frankly, again, I just, you know, I felt like their opinions are cool because everyone's opinion matters, right? But their opinions aren't the only ones. Sometimes I want to hear real people's voices. There are real opinions about things that are happening right now. Don't you? Don't you get tired of just hearing all the media pundits and mainstream media, all those folks, politicians. So, I also feel like those conversations just that they just didn't seem to really have our interests at the and concerns at the center of them. You know, this this election we got all distracted by um partisanship um, when it really should about been about the policies, right? What is really going to help America move towards progress? I also felt like there was a growing lack of civil discourse um between opposing groups. Um somewhere along the line America lost its ability to have two people disagree and be able to talk and dialogue without going crazy or shooting each other. I mean, yeah, we did have, you know, dueling back in the day, but is not that just remind you of how men just really ruined the world? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But no, less and less opportunities for people to speak openly and without being immediately attacked for missteps or unintentionally offensive statements. So the cancel culture, right? Ugh, tired of it, right? Everyone's canceled. You say one wrong thing. We don't even want to help you learn from your mistakes. Each episode is designed to tackle a question. Either posed by the team here at Questioning Everything or by you, the listeners and community. For the introductory episode, we are asking Was this election fair? All signs point to yes. Some reports of this election being the most secure one in history include a recent report from CBS News. And I'll share the link so you can all go check it out and read it yourselves. So, why then are several Republicans and the Trump administration refusing to concede and acknowledge that Joe Biden has been elected the 46th president of the United States? Rather than reinvent the wheel, I am going to share a link to a highly informative NPR piece that was originally aired in 2016, 20, uh, 2017-ish um, on This American Life. Another very important podcast that has influenced a lot of my life and my work and my, and the, you know got me thinking about different things in different ways. I won't give away all the juicy tidbits because it's about a 17-minute-long piece, but the main takeaway is that there has not been nearly as much voter fraud as some groups have claimed. In fact, the only convictions for voter fraud were charged against campaign members connected to the Trump, Trump 2016 presidential team. There may have been ones on the Democratic side. I don't know if they're even really talked about much. I mean, there are. I think they mentioned them in terms of statistical numbers, like oh, minimally, like this is they were. You saw the same numbers consistently between Republicans and Democrats in terms of fraudulent votes. However, convictions related to full-on attempts to defraud our voting system and our democracy were attributed and can be linked to members of the Trump 2016 presidential team or campaign teams. Now, this year, I want to talk a little bit about, again, about the show. So, the show... My, I don't hope you didn't hear my stomach growling like that, but it prob- you probably did. <laughs> We're keeping it all real on our podcast. So before I even go even further, I don't even know if I fully describe the show again in its full glory. So the show was born in 2020. It is under the umbrella of an organization that will be eventually a nonprofit called the Human Movement. Um, because I want this episode to be really brief, but just to kind of give you a nice teaser into what you can expect questions and conversations about things that are happening to Americans right now. And we want to hear your points. Um, The Questioning Everything podcast and the human movement are connected. The human movement is the big umbrella because behind it is Jedi, you know, um, justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion. And we want to focus on, again, bringing civility back to discourse, truth and reconciliation. So bridging communities and, you know, making sure that we can all stick together and learn from each other and really just, Community connection, you know, I feel like we're in a country right now where not enough people have friends that don't look a lot like them, don't come from the same background as them, um, that, you know, that are outside or different from them. And I wish that we had more of those folks that were doing that. But I think through the show, I hope we can have conversations about ways that we can change that. Because I think we can. And I have some ideas, but my ideas aren't the only ones. And it'd be love to be um, a soundboard and hear what other people say, whether a yay or nay, if they want to help me tweak some ideas, or I can help people tweak theirs. So back to the show. This year, I decided to step in my political game, political game, um, because you know. I, I, before, let me not get ahead of myself, right? Let me, let me. Uh, I'm trying to make sure I, I, uh, I properly reflect what I'm talking about. So essentially, I was pretty... Yes, I do. <laughs> Sometimes you keep notes. I'm a little bit ADHD so or a lot ADHD. So my notes make keep me in check so I don't waste a bunch of time blathering on. So this year, I decided to step by my political game and I became an election judge. And it wasn't really technically volunteering. I got paid for my time, but I did work my butt off. I walked around a ton. Um, and I did, you know, how, prior to... 2008-ish. I was pretty apolitical. Then around 2008, I, you know, I was pretty energized. I I remember the energy from the Obama election. Prior to that election, I really didn't have much faith in America's ability to leave its racist past behind. I think I was one of those kids that was really clued into racism and social justice at a really young age. I just could not get my mind wrapped around why do people hate someone because of their skin color. And one of the things that I did as a young person, even before I got into the political process, cause you know, I was too young as a 16 or, you know, under someone under 18. I was in this program in the DC area called Operation Understanding. And you can find them now, OUDC. And I was in the 11th class. And it was an opportunity to bridge between the gaps between the modern day Jewish community and the black community. Prior to, during the civil rights movement, there was a deep connection between a lot of rabbis and faith members. It was a very interfaith network of civil, civil rights and social justice warriors during the civil rights movement. And we basically wanted to recreate that through an organization that was nonprofit um, fully funded by donors that gave young 16 year old students, black and Jewish kids, an opportunity to talk about the civil rights movement, our relative, you know, our separate histories, our United histories, but also talking about the ways that, those lessons can help us to effect more change as we move on into the world, right? So, so yeah, I have this really deep connection to racism and social justice. And so I really wasn't impressed by the country. I felt like this country had a really racist past. So it was going to be really hard to leave behind. But then there was Obama. And he changed everything for me. And I don't know if that happened for you. If, you. if Obama changed things for you in terms of politics or your feelings about where we are in terms of race and race relations, I'd love to hear your your background, too. I had the unique privilege. Um of being in D.C. during Obama's first inauguration. And I can't even put into words the electrifying energy of that day and the moment in history and how much it meant to Black people. And D.C. being Chocolate City at the time, predominantly Black, it was such a huge moment for us. And we were all standing behind Obama just so impressed and so excited for him. So I, one of the things I got to do on that day was that I had a friend of mine at the time that, um, was in, was a caterer and She got me a catering gig. Cause I was going to go abroad to Australia and I really needed to raise, save a lot of money before I was going to study abroad. Cause Australia is not cheap. And so, um, she got me a catering gig and we ended up catering Al Gore's green inaugural ball. It was probably one of the funnest gigs of my life. I saw John Legend. I saw John Cusack, Will I Am, and the former vice president and his wife. So it was amazing. It was le- like life-changing. It was great. Then 2016 happened. So about eight years later, um, I would be lying if I didn't have a deeply personal experience that night. If I didn't have a deeply personal experience, I cried. Um, I never thought I'd cry at an election or its results, but I did. And, um, there I was weeping. Um, alone and shock and was and at what was happening right before my eyes you know when Obama was elected I used to study the southern there's the po- southern poverty Law. C- yeah isn't the southern poverty law center SPLC you know they started a um, watch called hate watch uh, you know to see what the rise of like hate groups was you know happening in this country and Obama's election we saw a huge rise in hate groups and it was that backlash of electing a black man to the highest um, leadership role in the world in the in the in the country anyway all i could really think was how could the country i loved this much do this how could you guys do this you know and you see for me before i went to college i'd had hopes of becoming a naval officer very briefly but i really did i love the prestige i love the challenge of it and this past week and i'm gonna show you the picture of it while i was cleaning and tidying up a room that became a hoarder's um paradise in my parents home i discovered a shirt of mine from the naval academy summer seminar now if you're not familiar with the naval academy or the summer seminar um the naval academy is one of the oldest and most prestigious maritime universities in the country it was founded just 20 years prior to the u.s civil war in annapolis in, in annapolis Maryland in 1845. Some of its most notable graduates include John, the late John McCain, basketball legend, David Robinson, former president, Jimmy Carter, and politician, Amy McGrath, just to name a few. Lots of great names have come through that university. All that is to say that I love this country. I was willing to risk my life for it, big time, but I was weeded out by that summer seminar. Um, you see that summer seminar was essentially a way to weed out the applicants. You know, before you come to the Naval Academy for plebe Summer, we wanna show you just a taster, a teaser of what it's gonna be like. And boy, oh boy, yeah, they got my ass out because I'm not a runner And I don't like to wake up early in the morning. So it was perfect. Just not for me. But let me tell you, the folks that were there, those were some of the top students in the country. To just be um, given an invitation to the summer seminar, you had to be a top student at your school. You had to be a well-rounded student athlete, musician, whatever it was. And of course, at the time that I was in high school, I was like that kid. I was like a little bit, I was an overachiever. So yeah. But you know, at the core of what drives me and my desire to start this podcast and the work in the, you know, in progress in terms of the nonprofit that is, you know, that, it, how, that houses it is this, three things, uh, four, the four words, the defense of life. The defense of life is so critical to my work and things that I do. Um, and that's why I cried in 2016, because we elected a man who, in my opinion, my personal opinion, politics aside, does not care about anyone um, outside of himself and his family, if he even cares about them, unfortunately. That's not the America I love. And that, and I think that election broke my heart as a result. And so uh, from 2016 on, I was engaged. I started reading more, um, listening more, political leaning programs, and trying to get involved as, as much as I could. As the 2020 election became the focus of 2018 and beyond, I knew I wanted to help on election day. And that is why I applied to be an election judge. If you serve this year, what motivated that decision? And what area did you support on election day? Were you a poll worker, an election judge, chief judge? Um, please share your information, send us an email, email us and let us know. We'd love to share. Um, I'm going to create a Google form in a few days where you can share even videos and audio messages, and we will share them if you're comfortable. And we will have an agreement form for you to fill out so that we get the permission to use the form. To use your information or your media, and it's not. Our our this is a nonprofit. It's nonprofit housed. We only are requesting donations to for the cost of producing the show. We will share that donation page and those that you know what we we're really looking for in the early days of this um project and the pot and the um nonprofit. But back to the story. So just to be sure, you know we you know we want to take we want to I want to reiterate that again. There are guidelines for being a part of this family and this village, the questioning everything village. Um, we're going to submit the threat, the guidelines for submissions and, you know, we all, we will also take all threats of violence seriously and report them to the proper authorities. So there are no exceptions. Even if you were joking, we have to report it. So please don't threaten violence against me or anyone that's a part of the organization. If you do, we have to take it seriously. Now that the election is done though, it begins, it begs another question that I'd love to cover on our next episode in more detail. What can we expect in the next four years? Join me next week as I break down the Biden-Harris plan and what you folks at home think about them. So with that, that is the end of the Thank You, the, the Questioning Everything Up podcast. It was short and sweet, but we wanted to give you a nice teaser so that you can get excited, share this information with friends, like, subscribe, and rate the show. We are completely donor-funded, aka all volunteered time and resources. If you would like to sponsor the show, please reach out to us by email, which you can find in the episode notes. Cheers. I love y'all. Many thanks this is the first episode of the Questioning Everything podcast. And that's a wrap, friends. I'm going to upload it. Not going to do much editing. There's not going to be music. I am going to find title music. I am going to do all the transition stuff. But I wanted to create some content for you people. Yas, yas, darling. Eat it up. Eat your hearts out. I'm a crazy person. I just want you all to know that. So that's neither here nor there. Anyway, that's it. Thank you so much for joining me. I love you people. Happy life. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Keep it real. Keep it 100. I love you. Bye-bye.